Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. Hey everyone, before we dive into this week's episode, we have a resource that we wanted to tell you about. Transform every week of yours with our Brilliance Bit that will deliver right to your email inbox. Sign up for it at brilliantlyresilient.net and keep living brilliantly resilient. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. We have a guest today that I met uh, several years ago, and she has done such a brilliant. Um, I don't want to say transformation because it, everything kind of works together, but um, she has created an amazing company. And as we were talking before, it's kind of, we're kind of in kinship with each other in our goals. Um, I first met Caitlin Lambert down in Florida. She is a friend of my daughter's and she is the founder of Kind Cotton, which is an apparel, as you can see by the backdrop, those of you who are watching this, uh, an apparel company that focuses on kindness with the mission of advancing literacy in uh, homes across the United States. So Caitlin, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm did really, I call really you excited. Caitlin Lambert? Did I, I said Caitlin Lambert, I think. You yes. did, but that's okay. Cause <laughs> it, yeah, I was Caitlin Lambert at the time we met. Maybe. Yeah, I get. You were, know. you were on the yeah. brink of becoming John Stone, maybe, but yeah. So, um, I started kind cotton with my husband, Kevin Johnstone, and it's been an amazing ride. So I'm excited to talk to both of you today. So you at the time were a kindergarten teacher mm-hmm. and y- this was kind of where you saw the need. Um, so why don't you just tell us about your experience with teaching and then kind of how you made this, this leap I don't know if it was a leap, if it was a, it was probably much more of a painstaking step-by-step process, but how you created Kind Cotton to fill the need you saw. Yeah, absolutely. So I started my career as a kindergarten teacher, goodness, I think in 2012, I want to say. So after a couple of years of teaching, I remember always coming home to my husband saying, oh my goodness, I, I can never get enough books to kids because there was such a lack of resources and a lack of access to literacy in homes. Mm. So after continuously giving my kids, you know, gifts all around different holidays of books and letting them kind of take books from my library at school home with them, I came home with an idea one day to start a company that focused on selling a product and then in terms having a one-for-one model in which we provide a book to a child. Um, It was a perfect fit because my husband has worked in custom apparel since he graduated college. So he, you know, kind of knew all of the business aspect of things. And I kind of took on the educational aspect of things and, you know, pardon the pun, but it's been kind of a perfect marriage of a partnership in business too. So yeah, I mean, it was just, I always had such fond memories around literacy growing up and due to an array of issues, you know, within our country, that's not always the case for all children. Mm -hmm. So we just want to be able to provide books to children in which they feel seen and loved and valued. And we started Kind Cotton 
four and a half years ago now, and we're up to 45,000 books donated. So we're really, wow. really excited. So you mentioned yeah. the one-for-one one model. Explain to everybody how this works. They, you have the, the shirts and then what happens? Yeah. So um, our website, kindcotton.com is where we have primarily shirts, sweatshirts, long sleeves, different apparel items, um, all with messages of spreading true kindness on them or what we see as being true kindness. And then for every single purchase, we donate a book through various programs that we've started uh, through Kind Cotton. Wow. So, I mean, right off the bat, you hit with, you hit on these, the ideas that we talk about with Brilliantly Resilient. And when you said that your you and your husband had compatible skill sets mm-hmm. that really, really made this work. And the thing that I want to hit on is that that's, that's great that you, you know, you need to have that, but I think you also have to have that passion and, mm-hmm. and really feel that you're, you're accomplishing something you're, you're, you know, leaning towards and filling a need and and you had that so you're not currently teaching now this has become this has become your business this has become your work yeah 100 percent. so um when the pandemic hit i think we can all you know i myself included have had a lot of really scary anxious depressing times especially being a new mom and uncertain of the future but i will continue to say this that had it not happened and had I not been so fearful of wanting to keep myself and my family safe, I probably would have never made the leap to go into Kind Cotton full time. And quite honestly, I I mean, we're actually getting close to the point where we don't know how much longer my husband is going to be able to keep a full-time job too. And I never thought that that would be something I could say. I, we were just talking last week. Um, we were able to provide over a thousand books over the holiday, over our holiday sale. And that was something we never thought could happen. I mean, we remember the days of packing an order primarily from friends and family, you know, uh, once a month when we first started. So it was like, oh, we're just using our own money to purchase books. And now it's really turned into something where we can fulfill these huge book donations at least once a month. Wow. Let me ask you this for people that are listening. When you went from that, the point of this is so frustrating that I can't get enough books for my kids to funding all of these books, like what, what made you, what, what goes through your head when you're going from frustration to, to that there's a problem to filling that need with a business. What are the kinds of things that, that go on? Is there something in your upbringing that made you that kind of a person? Is it a, is it a switch? Is it somebody that that's a role model of yours? Hmm. That's really interesting. I mean, I think I'm always very, very grateful to my parents and the relationship that I have with them. I'm also very grateful for them in an aspect that they kind of wanted me to grow up with all different types of people in all different walks of life. And I wasn't in your typical situation growing up. Like I feel as if our country is so, I mean, especially now, um, divided in many ways Mm -hmm. that I didn't have that experience. You know, I, uh, was also, I danced my entire life and I was in a dance company with an incredible teacher and there were, all different types of people, right? You know, I grew up 
dancing with many Black gay men as my role models and teachers um, and just all different people. And it was beautiful to see that. And I think from an early age, I was always instilled with a view of true kindness and empathy and inclusion and valuing people for who they were, not like shying away from discussing their different backgrounds. And, and um, I don't know, I just went off on a rant. <laughs> no, it was perfect. It was perfect because you, you're, you're actually, you're actually very eloquently um, mentioning elements of living brilliantly resilient, you know, with your, the, the tribe that you grew up with and, and the core values that you were raised with. And you didn't have some massive sucker punch in your life that you learned from a young age to be resilient. And you didn't have any of that. And the reason I ask that is because so many people are frustrated right now with the way things are. Mm. And very few take a, a, a step in the direction of, well, let me figure out how I can solve this and then take it to a, a, a massive scale. So I'm always interested in the, in the backstory of what goes through your mind. And, and, and honestly, it's, it's the brilliant, the resilient show, right? So a lot of people did have a massive event in their lives that they learned to get back up and do these kinds of things. But I love hearing the stories. And I know there's a lot of listeners out there that appreciate a story of, I had a good upbringing and I'm putting that into practice. Now, because it is important. And, and, and the fact that I think it's really cool too, that you were surrounded by so many different kinds of people that you saw, you have a perspective from lots of different points of view, which um, I'm certain is part of the formula for your success right now. And especially that you built kindness and empathy into this business model, that that's what's on your shirts and that's, what's part of it. Yeah, 100%. And that's not to say that like everything was easy per se. I think, sure. I think a huge, um, a huge part of our business too, is that everything we put out has a story behind it. Right. So whenever we release something, it's not to release something just to say, Hey, here's like another cute message, um, that is truly inspiring and, and wants to talk about kindness. But I, love writing. And I've shared a lot of my own personal journey and stories through every single tea that we put out. Um, so when you said that it it comes to mind, uh, we recently did a mental health line (laughs) and we use the proceeds specifically from that mental health line to put books in the hands of kids that deal with social, emotional well-being and social, emotional learning. And that was truly inspired, um, because I kind of wish I would have had that in my adolescence. Uh, My dad was diagnosed with really late onset bipolar. Mm. And um, that has and still continues to be like a massive struggle. And I've always taken the approach of of facing that front on, especially in my, in my adult years, right? Because when we were younger, there's such a stigma and there still is today to talk about mental health and mental well-being. Um, but I never wanted to be that for my daughter. So I've really taken the approach of like therapy is wonderful and, and talking about things that have happened to you in your past or how you can move forward in your future is amazing. We should all be doing that. So I think, um, I guess that's just to say that like, I didn't have this like perfect upbringing, which I made it sound like I did. Right. Um, But I think we all find things that we grow from and become brilliantly resilient, as you would say. And I think me taking that and turning it into something that people can relate to is they're not only doing a good thing when they purchase from us, but they feel connected. Yeah. I guess. 
How do you decide on the books that you send? Sorry. How do you decide on the books that you send out? Um, so we have a variety of different programs. We have a nominated teacher program where people can go onto our website and either nominate themselves or someone else who's in the education field. Then that teacher gets to choose whether or not they get a book for every single child in their classroom for 10 months. So every child is getting a new book every single month of the calendar school year to bring home with them. Or they can choose to build their own library within their classroom. And we'll work one-on-one with that teacher to kind of fill the need of what they want. Oftentimes it is just to get more diverse books into their classroom, um, predominantly from BIPOC authors, so Black, Indigenous, people of color. There's been like a really big push nowadays, which is amazing to have that in our classrooms and make those children feel seen and valued and loved, but also give other children the opportunity to, you know, look through the window per se into someone else's customs and cultures. Um, So that's just one of our programs and one of the ways that we do that. Uh, another thing that we do is we have a one book, one school mission where, especially around the holidays or the winter months, we will buy a book for every single child at a school. And then that school will do, um, lessons all throughout the day, the week leading up to it on cultivating kindness and empathy and inclusion. Um, and then every single child will get to leave with a copy of the book that the teachers were you know, doing those lessons on. So that's another thing that we're doing. There's so many, there's so many different things. So this is, I mean, this is about obviously way more than a shirt that has a little happy message on it. This is (laughs) about, this is about raising awareness. This is about building community. Uh, And this, it's also about starting conversations, Mm. which, Mm -hmm. um, you know, my husband, he reads every t-shirt that, that anybody wearing a t-shirt that says something, he knows what it's, I, I, unfortunately I have blinders on and don't see as much as he does, but you know, he'll talk about, about t-shirts. So it's really a great vehicle for that. But the other things that you're doing to encourage that kind of conversation in a school environment and in an educational environment that's, that's a phenomenal way to get those messages to, to kids and to, to foster those kinds of conversations. So when you're talking about kindness, what, you know, what does that mean? Is there an overarching idea of what kindness means to you? And is, is that kind of the thing that you, you, I don't want to say push, but is that the kind of talk you encourage or do you leave it up to the teachers to make that decision? Yeah, no, that's really, that's, that's interesting because I would say on top of the literacy aspect, which is of course at the heart of who we are, Mm -hmm. um, really getting that message of true kindness or what we believe to be true kindness out there has been extraordinarily important for what we do and having those tough conversations. Um, So for us, there's often a lot of talk about like, just be kind, you know, open the door for a stranger, smile at your neighbor, um, you know, and all of these, I'm not taking away from, from random acts of kindness. I think now more than ever, we need that, right? And we need to lean on each other. And those things can, can change someone's world and change someone's day 100%. However, we believe in a much more deeper level of kindness, right? And we always say that, if you truly want to be kind, you need to be 
grounded in action and rooted in justice, right? Because again, we live in a place where systems have been put in place for centuries where it's not equitable for everyone, right? So having this conversation, particularly as a white woman in this country, I think is so important now more than ever. So we always strive to to do that, to to get our supporters and our customers or or maybe even people who aren't quite ready to see that or have these discussions. we open up our messages to them and we, we want to have these conversations. And I know that I'm continuously learning and growing and redefining what kindness means to me as well. Uh, but I think that's a good starting point in what we've really tried to focus on over the past couple of years. I really like the way you further define that because it's almost become one of those four letter words kind that doesn't I don't want to say it doesn't mean anything, but it has that kind of bland connotation Mm -hmm. and it can go much deeper than that. So I I really like the way you are, um, you know, creating the opportunity for conversation by sort of redefining the word. Mm -hmm. Well, and also I love that that you said, you know, there is not, I, I appreciate the random acts of kindness too. And I love that movement that started all those years ago, but when we make it intentional, when kindness is intentional instead of random, it's like, that's the missing. It's what I see is the missing pillar of our kids that are growing up right now. And I feel bad for them because everyone is in this hate culture and, and not taking responsibility and, and blaming everybody else. And instead of, I feel like if we would come from kindness, that things definitely would be different if we could do it on a massive scale. And then it, you tend to, I love that you're doing this entire school thing too. And I'll tell you why. So many times it's our kids that are, you know, in, in our schools here, it's like, if you're caught being kind, you get this coin, you know, and it's like these one-offs, there's a few kids here and there, and it's always the same kids getting the coins, let's be honest, mm-hmm. you know. But when it's an entire school that at the same time is thinking about kindness and what that means and what that looks like, that's where the massive impact happens with so many of them instead of one off things. So I love that you said that it, there's these big whole school things plus literacy. I mean, you know, that's, that's the door to everything, right? You know, literacy and education and you can start and then you have them hand in hand. That's fantastic. No wonder you're doing so well. It's good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. The idea of this was another thing that struck me when you said it, because this is one of our pillars for being brilliantly, brilliantly resilient. You said that if you really want to be kind, you need to be grounded in action mm-hmm. and rooted in justice. And that's one of the things that we talk about all the time. I mean, you can you can think whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. But if you're not doing something, if you're not actively promoting that, it, it kind of falls flat. It doesn't mean anything. So the idea of you not only promoting action, but but showing action through what you're doing that that seems to be something that you're carrying through, you're pushing through to the schools too, to to act and and think about what justice means too. Is that correct? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's actually interesting because uh, we do fundraisers with schools too. And that has been like a huge, amazing part of our company. Um, and it's interesting because children learn from adults, right? I mean, that's, that's what happens. It it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. And I think children innately 
want to pursue kindness, even on a much deeper level than we do as adults and to see what children come up with and what they truly think is, is being kind is sometimes really eye-opening and beautiful. And it's, it's an honor to be able to, to work with children now, almost in like a different capacity, right? Because I had a lot of, a lot of guilt leaving the education profession as a lot of us do, but I'm happy to have found a way to, at times I think make more of an impact. So yeah, um, it's, it's really, so you're right. You know, I'll tell you a quick story. When my, I don't know if you know my backstory, my first two kids, my two sons were born blind. And initially now they're 21, almost 22, gosh, and 18. But initially my first thoughts were always kids are going to be mean. Like I was worried about kids and what it could not be further opposite. Kids are curious and kind Mm -hmm. and, and have no bias whatsoever until an adult steps in with a message that they catch from them. Right. So kids have, were always the ones that were, um, kind and empathetic and helpful and curious. <laughs> what is the adults that I had to go into? I would end up going to the back to school night and talking to all the parents instead mm-hmm. of the first day of school, talking to the kids, you know, oh, 100%. Yeah. And I think it's like, I think that's why the message is so important, especially now too, because it's crazy, but there's just been so much research done about how these biases, um, are coming into play at a much younger age. So, Mm -hmm. so being active and, and really teaching our children to be active allies, um, for marginalized communities is, is what kindness is, right? I think it's so important and yeah, it's, it's just something that I think my husband and I are super passionate about within our own personal lives, especially for our own daughter growing up. And it's definitely just spilled over into our business model. Um, So, and I think, Fran, that's kind of something what you said earlier, um, or it may have been you, Kristen, I don't know. But one of you mentioned, like, if you aren't passionate about it, then, then it's not going to work or it may be harder. It may be a harder road. Right. And I think because there's just so many things built into our company that we are so incredibly passionate about as individuals, it's, it's still work, but it's more gratifying. Yeah. And I think that's the key to, to being a brilliantly resilient and living that kind of life is when you, you know, when you lead with your heart, everything else follows and it's the best of you. That mm-hmm. follows, you know, and it and it aligns with all of your passions and your values, as Kristen pointed out earlier, that values piece is incredibly important to living a genuine, authentic life. And I think that's one of the messages, whether it's spelled out or not, that you're sending to kids to, to live that authentic life and and, you know, lead with your with your heart. But I want to go back to something that you said at the very beginning, because I think this is so important. You said, had you not been so fearful, you probably wouldn't have made a leap and fearful of the pandemic and all that. And I kind of want to talk to that a little bit because so many people are fearful these days of so many things mm-hmm. and we see fear as a bad thing, but it, it really can be um, an impetus to get us to move. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I, I just kind of wanted to go back to that. And, you know, at what point did you go? I, I just, was it a combination of things? Was it the fear and the passion? And you were like, okay, this is the time. 
Is, is that how you made that jump? Because I think people have trouble making a jump when it, when it feels like it's the time to move. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I can remember, um, so my daughter was born December, 2019. Right. And then what the world shut down like <laughs> two and a half months later. Um, and I did like the whole virtual thing. So when, when, um, we were still teaching virtually, I went back for like a month or so into my, uh, maternity leave and I did that. And then Florida was one of the first States that announced like, no way, you know, no more virtual full face. We're go- we're going back with no exceptions, no options of anything. Um, and we had a really tough time in the beginning of my daughter's life. She was, she was really, really colicky. When I say there were days that she slept four hours in a 24 hour span, mm-hmm. when my friends are like, Caitlin, this is not, this isn't quote unquote normal, you know, like newborn sleep all day long, mm-hmm. you, you feed them, you, you put them down, you change their diaper. Like that's what they do is sleep. And she just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried nonstop all the time. So we were already very, very tired parents in the beginning of everything. And then, um, she kept getting like these intermittent fevers and that's around when the pandemic hit. And I was like, what is going on? We had to get all this testing done in like the height of everything being scary. Um, she's perfectly happy and healthy and like a thriving toddler now, but it was just a really scary time in the beginning both of my parents are very high risk. Um, and they live right down the road from us essentially. So to me, it was like, my family means more to me than anything in their safety mm. and their well being. Um, so, Hey, maybe this is just some sign for me that I can do what I love to do in a different way. Um, and I'm really grateful that I did. I mean, fast forward, who would have thought two years later, I'm still that anxious, nervous mom. Um, that's, I hate to break it to you, but that's just never going to change. I know pandemic or no, that does not go away. Nope. I know. (laughs) Trust me. I'm a about to be 36 year old, only child. I know. (laughs) Lucky duck. (laughs) But that, that use of that use of fear. And I want to put it that way, because Mm -hmm. I I think that people, again, we're, we, we're afraid of being afraid and, but there is, it is an energy and there is some power in that. If we can, as Kristen often says, check our perspective and maybe look at it in a different way. Maybe that fear is presenting an opportunity and it's something that you have to take advantage of. Yeah. I mean, it 100% motivated us too. Um, yeah. And we took, we also took it as, like I mentioned, our, our business is a one for one. So at the time when everything first started, it was like nearly impossible. I don't even know if you guys can remember, but to get your hand on a mask. Right. Oh yeah. So with my husband working in custom apparel, we were, I mean, at the forefront of, of making masks and putting them out there. And for everyone that was purchased, we donated them too to schools and homeless shelters and, and doctor's offices and like anywhere that needed one. So it was just our way also in that light of turning the fear of what was going on in the world to try and help. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you, you always want to be a helper in that, in that sort of situation. And I, you know, there's that famous quote, I can't even think, but always look to the helpers. Um, 
because there still is a lot of good, right? Mm -hmm. I get wrapped up in that a lot with the past two years, but there's still a lot of good in the world. And, and we need to focus on that sometimes too. Well, and, and you're also, you just named one of the biggest elements of not only living brilliantly resilient, but success. And that's being of service. When you start there, you find a way to do, to do it on a, on a massive scale. But when you're at the heart of it, when at the heart of what you do is service, that's the way to go. <laughs> yeah. So this has been an amazing conversation. I've been wanting to talk to you for so long. And as I told you privately, Laura gave me your email address about 500 times and I lost it every time. So I finally just went on kind cotton and, and reached out to you that way. So I reached you. So I want you to tell everyone else, where they can reach you. And if there's anything else you want to add, now's the time to do it. Well, thank you both so much. First of all, I think what you're doing is amazing and the stories are wonderful. So I'm really, really, really grateful for this opportunity. Um, Keep shining your lights because I think it's just so needed and I appreciate it so much. Um, You can find us at kindcotton.com. Especially if you're an educator, definitely sign up for a nominated teacher. We would love to support more classrooms and we're continuing to do that now once a week for teachers. So that's been really amazing. Um, And we're on all social media platforms, definitely mainly on Instagram. So you can find us at Kind Cotton on Instagram too. Um, If I don't always get back to an email within a day, I'll definitely get back to a DM within like 20 minutes, probably. So that's just kind of become my like happy, safe space on Kind Cotton too. So, well, Caitlin, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. Caitlin Lambert Johnstone, I get the whole name in there. Thank you for joining us and sharing the amazing story of Kind Cotton, which epitomizes so many of the things that we talk about uh, in terms of being brilliantly resilient. So thank you for sharing that, not only with us, but with the younger generation as well. I'm going to turn it over to my partner because she always takes us out with all the right stuff. (laughs) Well, thanks everybody for tuning into another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. If you would like more info on how to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance, like Caitlin talked about her brilliance today, go to brilliantlyresilient.net blink three times and a magic window appears where you can enter your email address and we'll send you a bit of brilliance and all kinds of fun resources each week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see y'all next time. Bye everyone. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance.